Hi, welcome to another episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Bourne. And I'm Malia. How's it going today? Sucky. Well, you know, it's it's our day off and it's a little gloomy outside, but I'm okay. I'm, I just feel chill right now, so. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know if it's just the weather or it, if it's just me, but like I've been in a funk all day. I think it's, I think it's you, honestly. Normally, like, and this just happens often, but, like, I get in these funks every now and then where it's just, like, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. But I'm going to tough it out today for the podcast for you guys. So if I'm not feeling all that great, I apologize. Oh, go fuck yourself, Colin. Oh, wow. Do you kiss your mom with that mouth? That's not nice. I kiss you with this mouth, don't I? Man, I wonder it does it tastes nasty. <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. Bitchy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I know, I thought I thought she was the only one being bitchy today. Anyway. No, but today we are gonna discuss another one of our remake debates and frankly, I'm kind of on the fence about this. This was your idea. I know, no, I know it was my idea. I'm talking about the movie itself. I asked Colin last week, what should we do for the next podcast? He's and like, I said, Suspiria. Yeah. You want, you're you like, oh, let's do another remake debate. I have the perfect one in mind. And I did. And you know what? I love the first movie. Don't get me wrong. Is this the second movie? What the fuck? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I did, I did want to do, before we go into it, I did want to bring up a couple of things that I thought would be interesting. I mean, it's podcast related. It's show related. So, in the last week's episode, as if some of you have heard, towards the end of the episode, Colin and I thought it would be a fun idea to try to guess where the next country would be where we would get new audience members. Now, this was a pre-recorded episode. So, December 28th? Or 27th was when we recorded it. I think it was probably the 28th, I think. Anyway, so we recorded it in, like, in December. The ne- very next day after we recorded it, Austria was the next country where we got new listeners. It was so fucking it w- funny, it too. It was, because I, I found <laughs> this out at work. I'm going through my Anchor app, and Anchor's where we um, distribute and upload the, the podcast episodes. And it shows you, like, which countries are you getting audiences from. So at the very bottom of the list is where we usually see the newer stuff. Austria made the list. Yeah. So I went and hunted Colin down at work and found him. And I was like, hey, are you fucking psychic or something? Like, what the hell is this? I'm like, what's going on? And she showed me it. And I'm just like, oh, shit, Austria. (laughs) I mean... I mean, as usual, when these things kind of, like, start out, when we get new audience members, it's a very small percentage, and we're we're very grateful for you guys, don't get me wrong, but it's very, it was a very interesting moment for us last week, Mm -hmm. so that was something to be very happy for, and then, what was the other one I wanted to mention? Oh, yeah, that's right, so I decided to, you know, take the initiative, Mm Mm-hmm. And do two special things for this podcast. One, I made a Patreon account for us. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who really enjoy the show and feel generous enough to uh, join up like the Patreon page and the account, we have three tiers to choose from. So the first tier is $3. We call it the Naughty Group. 
<laughs> Naughty. Yeah. Inspired by one of our... Naughty. Yes. Cyanide, Deadly Night. Yes. So that's the $3 tier group. Now, benefits are a bit scarce right now because we don't have merch yet. Or hopefully that might change. Oh, that will. In will. time. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get when, merch. Yeah, when we get merch, you guys will be the first to know. Oh, and, yeah. and those will be like... Every each tier is gonna get some sort of benefit. Right now, the best that we can contribute for you guys, for anyone willing again, willing to contribute to the podcast and a subscription on our Patreon, um, you will get a special shout out on this podcast. So every episode, maybe in the beginning or the end, who knows how many of you would want to join, we will do a special shout out in future episodes. Well, I would like to give a special shout out to Austria. If they're listening right now, I hope you guys enjoy that I made that little uh, uh, guess. psychic guess that you guys were coming. I, you guys were probably listening, so I don't know. But a shout out to you guys. You guys are awesome. And I'm really happy that you guys chose to listen to us. Yes. There are two more tiers I wanted to go through, though, before we, I wrap up this part. Yeah, oh, so we can see. get going with the movie talk here. Come on. Yes, sorry. So <sighs> we have... A $5 tier, and I'm trying to figure out which one that is. Hang on one minute. Oh, shoot. Sorry. So there's a $5 one. I believe it's called the Babysitter's Group. Mm-hmm. I've tried to refrain from calling it the Babysitter's Club. I prefer you call it the Babysitter's Club. I would call it that. I'm going to call it but that. You can call it the, five, uh, the, uh, the Babysitter's Whatever the fuck you said, I'm gonna call it the club. I think I called it the babysitter murders. Mm, I think I, I, I'm I'm blanking on the names, but it's babysitter related. I, it's the I, five dollar mm. tier, and like I mentioned, it will be special shout outs in future episodes. And then there's a ten dollar tier, which is like the MVPs of our subscribers or so you know listeners because. Mm. For again, for those of you who feel very inclined to contribute to the show in any way, shape, or form, what would be a good name it, for that one for the ten dollars? I, I know I gave it a name. I I'm blanking. I try. I'm trying to look it up on our Patreon, but because we don't really have a whole lot of activity, because it's it's new. I just posted it. Yeah, we just got. We just. Started. I just launched it today, which is January fifth. So. It's very new. If you guys really want to check it out and really want to join the subscription group, mm-hmm. go to our Patreon, look it up on Abby Normal Podcast. I've posted the link on our Twitter. I'm going to post it on the Instagram, and I'm hoping Colin has already posted on the Facebook page. I already did. So the links are there. If you guys want to go check them out, you know, whatever you're willing to spare, we're appreciative of. We're very grateful for. So those, that's the one thing. And then the Austria thing I mentioned. And yes, then, Harry did that. Yes. Any Anchor listeners, there is an option on Anchor where uh, list, you can get like listener support. So mm-hmm. it's another one of those things where if you feel inclined to make a donation towards every money, like every dollar we'll get, we'll be putting obviously towards the podcast. It will go towards, you know, updating our equipment to getting merch to probably getting a, a website set up for us so you guys can find the merch and mm-hmm. get it you know accessibly that way uh we will try our best to work all of the technical behind the scenes stuff out but exactly if you guys do feel inclined and you really love the show and you want to see it get better then you know those are your options then help us out you know? well, 
like I said, we're we're grateful for you guys, and we want you to you know enjoy our show, enjoy what we're doing, and, and, and even if you don't have to do it either, you can still listen to us and everything. But if you think about it, you know, if you want to really you know help us out and help us get by, so we can actually still make good pro- product for you guys, mm-hmm. which we would we would never have a problem doing. So this would be cool. So yeah. So without further ado, we yeah, should with, go. Yeah. With that being said. With that being said, we'll we move sh- on to the topic of discussion. Which so, the reason why I wanted to do this because we've never watched or we've never done a foreign film. We've never talked about doing discussing a foreign film or even watching one. And, yeah. And me for say. I like Italian horror. Actually, Italian horror is cool. It's like right next to like folk horror, which is like kind of like a lot of pagan, pagan like esque um, 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 horror genre. So with Italian horror, I've always enjoyed, and my favorite's always been Dario Argento, who is a one hell of a director, and just coming up with these ideas of of. Of the premises and the killings and just everything, the the color schemes, the choreography, just the cinematography is amazing. I will say too, he is very hands on with a lot of his projects. Like we'll mm-hmm. get into some of like the behind the scenes stuff that he's contributed with, but he's very hands on. I think we mentioned this with uh, the Halloween remake as well, but Rob Zombie was also very hands on with a lot of the creative aspects of the movies that exactly. he's made. But so was Dario Argento and. We'll get into more of it, but it's for me personally, we, you and I have seen the original a few times here and there. I've I've always loved the original. I've seen it a bunch of times. I actually have it on VHS. Yeah. Today we saw the remake for the very first time, and we'll get into that later. I will say personally, it's not my favorite of horror movies for for different reasons, but. I'm probably not going to have much of a contribute, you know, thought to this. Yeah. So I'm going to let Colin do most of the talking and navigating this whole conversation for once. Mm-hmm. So this will be a what do you what do you want to call it? A Colin themed or Colin narrative? Um, a born narrative. A born narrative. We will call this a born narrative. I will be the one who is discussing about Dario Argento and his work and his um, uh, contribution to this film. Mm-hmm. And also, I would like to say, too, one of my other favorite Dario Argento films, it's actually, um, I, I hope I'm not butchering this, uh, Phenomenon, uh, Phenomena, Phenomena. It was like Phenomenon, but it's like with an A on the end. It stars a, a very young, um, um, who's the girl from Labyrinth? What's her name? Jennifer Connelly. Yes, Jennifer fucking Connelly. She plays a young, uh, young student in in the film. This was about a year or two before they did Labyrinth, and Donald Pleasance is in this as well. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, like all of his films are fucked up films in this, and it's but it's also very magical and very fantasy like. Yeah. And I think that's what the what this one with with uh, the Jennifer Connelly film was a little more fantasy than this film, Suspiria. Mm-hmm. This was just more um, realistic, yet very magical, and just like just a bunch of scary witches. That's yeah. what I. That's what I think of it. So, and one quick thing, because like I said, this is a born narrative episode, mm-hmm. but 
I did a lot of the research and there was one really quick one I wanted to bring up because I thought it was funny. It's on IMDb and you know how on IMDb when you look up a movie or a show? Yeah, I know. We were laughing at my other comments. But here's the thing. On IMDb under the Suspiria 1977 original, we <laughs> it says James A. Janice from the popular Kill Count 2017 series and the Deadbeat Podcast 2018 considers this film one of this all-time favorite horror films. His admiration lies in the film's unique visuals and sound, which I agree. Yeah. It has very strikingly beautiful visuals and unique uh, sound scores. Yeah, the that sound I've, scores. I've heard amazing. in any horror movie. That's what I love about this film because the composing score is what makes the movie so beautiful in a very scary way. Mm-hmm. Is that I like movies like that. I like where it can be beautiful, but it's scary. And a lot of things to us, even if it's like very majestic or very, you know, beautiful in some way, can also show its its scariness. Mm-hmm. So that's why I love about this movie is that it has those certain things that you don't usually see in a lot of horror films, and that's why I like. That's why there are some horror, um, foreign films that I like because it, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, American films there's beauty, but it's just mostly just eh, the same old thing. Yeah, it's all bland. It's all the same. You know. American-esque type of stuff. Yeah. But with the foreign films, they wanted to do something a little different. So, with this movie, <laughs> it came out in 1977. It was directed by the Dario Argento. The runtime of it is an hour and 32 minutes. That's how it should be. Yeah. And it was released on August 12, 1977. It's got a 7.4 out of 10 on a IMDb. Uh, 87% on Google users. It actually has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not going to say anything about that. Which This is your time to shine, baby. Which, that's to- totally fine. And I'm going to shine like a phoenix. And so, this stars um, Jessica Harper, who is a great American actress. She she was great in this film. I love... She's probably one of the few American actresses in this movie. I think she's the only, actually... Well, yeah, because they wanted um, to they wanted to cast uh, Daria Nicolotti. Is that her last name? I think so. Yeah, she's Daria screen- Nicolotti. Yeah, she's the screenplay writer for this movie. And why, why'd you say she was in this anyway? Was she in it? She, they okay. I'm trying to remember. So they were going to originally cast her as the leading role, mm-hmm. but then production was like, oh. It would be a lot more interesting and probably a lot more popularized if you got an American actress starring in your movie. Exactly. Because back then, American actresses were very popular. That was the gist. (laughs) So, and then also stars uh, Stephanie Cassini and Daria Nicolotti, like you said. Um, What I see here, because you told me this yesterday, that Mm -hmm. um, Dario's dad was actually uh, helping with the film. He was the, I believe, the production manager. Yeah, was he the one that was investing into this? Like, he was giving the money to him? Well, because when movies are made, obviously Mm -hmm. you have on-set locations where you would go and shoot on-set. Yeah. And then most times you'd probably go to a studio where you have, like, a a set built there Mm -hmm. and do the rest of your shooting in that location. Oh, okay. Studios are usually owned by production companies, and this one, incidentally enough, was owned and run by Dario Argento's father, Salvador Argento. Yep. And as Kyle is going to mention, 
this was Dario Argento's original idea. Go, Colin. Yeah, so the original idea that Dario had was he wanted the girls of the school to be children, but his father, Salvatore, denied it. And I think that's pretty interesting. I don't think he denied it. I think he just advised not to. Well, he you, said you said denied it right here. Well, he so. didn't. He it. I meant to say he advised not to because he believed that a movie where children get killed would be get banned. Yes, yeah. and in a lot of countries in that time frame, yeah, it very would, sensitive. There was a it, lot. It really yeah. is. Yeah, and I, I don't know if anybody caught this, but probably because of that, that's why. The supposed dog attack on that young boy mm-hmm. about halfway into the movie is off screen. Like even if it did happen, it was off screen. Yeah, yeah. but just seeing that on screen that'd be fucking horrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for the time that it was, because a lot of things back then didn't really um, weren't trying to be too extreme. Yeah, and, I mean, and if you think about it, if you look at other movies too, in comparison to this one, it's like. You don't, I mean, we see a lot of kids sometimes get killed, yeah. maybe off screen, or if they're on screen, they're not as impactful, mm-hmm. I guess, or not as emotional. Yeah. We're, okay, I'm, and I'm basing this solely off of the uh, Dr. Sleep Kill count we watched the other week. Yeah. There is, there are two scenes in which children are killed. One is off screen, which is in the very beginning, and one is on screen. And the on-screen one is very upsetting, especially, like, if you're a person who's very sensitive to that kind of content of Mm -hmm. children being murdered. It's very upsetting. I think the thing that kind of bothered me in the film, I hate this in real life. So Mm -hmm. maggots are, like, were a big thing in the film. And uh, especially, Mm. well, like, they were... Not a big thing. Not a big thing, but when I saw it, it... it made me hurl, like made me want to hurl. One of the most memorable scenes in this is again halfway into the in the film. Uh, they're in the the academy, and the girls and I think it's like the second floor mm-hmm. part of the building. Like maggots are like falling through the ceiling and onto them. And they're landing in their hair, mm-hmm. landing in their food, landing in everything that they could find. Yeah. And they go upstairs to find in the attic a big crate that they open up, and this is old expired meat. Yeah. And there's maggots everywhere. It looked like our trash can the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, shut up! I don't want to talk about that either. That was disgusting. <sighs> but anyway, it's gross. Hey, you weren't here for that. I, I know. Was. I was very happy that wasn't. That, was, that would have been a nightmare for me. But yeah. Um, so with that, you were saying that with the maggots, they actually use for some effects and everything. Uh, they use the rice. So, so when you watch this scene, obviously there's a lot of close-up shots where they show actual maggots, like, moving around and, like, coating surface areas. But on certain shots where they aren't as up close about it and they're not too attentive to detail, they are actually using, like... Uh, grains of rice like are fall like especially the ones where they're like falling on the girls Mm -hmm. and like when they go up into the attic to investigate and they're like coating the floor Mm -hmm. like when they show this the footprints some of them aren't even maggots they're just grains of rice yeah and that's actually a pretty good effect too because it's a practical effect it's a good good one yeah it's a good practical effect and like you said it's a good one because i didn't even know those things were rice yeah but but there there are shots of real maggots but in the faraway shots is rice yeah so that's pretty genius of dario and his crew you know the crew of what they came up with so another one I found very interesting was the color scre- uh, the color scheme for this film 
like you said, was inspired mm-hmm. by the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs movie. Mm-hmm. Which, for for that, if you've ever watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, it's got a very, very beautiful color scenery and, and scheme of it as well. It was one of the first films that really got into the Technicolor film uh, cinematography. And it was also the first Disney film, too. Yeah, but, yeah, like I said, it's one of those... It's one of those first big films that got into the Technicolor phenomenon of filmmaking. Now I want to watch Snow White and see what this... <laughs> like, just to get the whole perspective of this. But also, too, like, that's one of the reasons why... I mean, it's one of those concepts that I liked about the original. Mm-hmm. It had... the com- Combined with the lighting and the color lighting, like, it yeah. was really effective it made this it made scenes very dramatic and very impactful mm-hmm. especially like in the beginning yeah especially like you, so we, we you're talking know. about that first very scene in the beginning like well not the very with first Pat's scene death. yeah with yeah. yeah that scene was crazy yeah especially when she first looks through the window see what's there and then all you see even through the clouds and stuff is these eyes yeah which yeah. i mean you could tell are very very fake yeah, so I didn't I mean, know if that was supposed to be the Grand Witch doing that, or is a disciple who's like, you know, was a de- de- dead corpse and then coming back and killing her. Yeah. So, Which, speaking of the Head Witch, you want to talk about who she is? Yes, actually. Because that's in my notes, too. Because she was unknown, but she was... Un- she was uncredited. She was not credited, yes. The one who played Helena Marcos... She was a 90-year-old woman, former prostitute, Argento met on the streets of Rome, Italy. Mm-hmm. Which, that is a good way to get into a movie. You want to be a 90-year-old prostitute. I wish that would former be Former prostitute. Former I mean, prostitute. She wasn't doing the thing anymore. Yeah, I want to be a 90-year-old former prostitute someday so I can get into a movie like that. I mean, I highly doubt it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. But no. Um, but I think she made a great job doing doing what she did. Even though her role was like very minor, but... Yeah. I don't even think she was talking either. Just, um, just some woman did a voiceover well, work. Like we talk about, and I don't know if it's in my notes, but... Well, you were saying that, that a lot of those people didn't really talk. During, during the shooting of this movie... There's no background music played. Like, mm-hmm. that gets added later into yeah. the production of it, as is the dialogue for in certain languages. Mm-hmm. So, in the scene where, who is it, Susie and that doctor guy are talking on the bench, mm-hmm. like, you can't see it because they're shot from, like, that angled upward. So, you can't see from, like, the shoulders down. Mm-hmm. But there's somebody crouched behind their bench talking in the english dialogue huh. and that gets recorded hmm. and then the actor playing the doctor is lip syncing along to the lines oh, okay. which i thought was very creative but that's why like it it works when yeah. you don't have a whole lot of sound which i thought was interesting considering another thing too about the the score the musical score mm-hmm. um when they weren't shooting they were blasting the soundtrack music throughout the set to unnerve the actors. Which that's pretty cool. Yeah. At least they were trying to calm them down and give them a little more of a relief. Which that soundtrack music score is very effective too. Yes, it is. I like it. Yeah. It and... definitely fits the aesthetic to the movie. It's kind of like it's. It was it's made the by the yeah. It was made by the band Goblin. Yeah, which, which they. Can, Fucking rock. 
Yeah, and Dario Argento also contributed to helping make the score for this movie too. But they, the best way I can describe the music, it's like a hauntingly eerie fantasy sound. You could tell, like it's like a dark mythical type of sound yeah. where you feel you feel like you're walking in a dark forest at night. Which is, again, fitting in certain scenes. Like the scene where Susie's in the cab and she's driving and she's like Pat running. I love that scene. Yeah. I wish, I, oh my god, I wonder how the fuck they came up with that. Where just like, you see, like, what normal person is in a car driving at night and then you see some frantic woman in the forest, in a beautiful forest, mm-hmm. walking like that and you see them that close. And here's the thing, too, that I... <sighs> Man. In comparison to the remake, I love that they bring that shit back, cir- like, full circle. Yeah. Because when Susie goes back to the Academy the next day and the police are already investigating Pat's murder and disappearance, she's like, oh, I saw a girl last night. Oh, I remember her saying something to me as she hmm. left the school. She and said blah, something blah. about secret and then something Irises. about flowers. Irises, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's just... Oh, my God. I was actually going to ask... Where the fuck did Sue sleep at if she wasn't at the Academy that night? Where did she go then? That's true. Did did they ever show her going anywhere? No, she didn't even go to a hotel. She didn't even stay anywhere. I think she just drove in a cab all night, and then once morning came, she just, like, got out of there and just went to the Academy. Well, that first night at the Academy, she stayed with Olga, remember? Well, yeah, but I'm saying the night before that. Yeah, that I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know if she stayed at a hotel or a Motel 6. I don't care, but literally, hopefully she was safe. Yeah. Like yeah, and and she looked like she had enough sleep when she when she looked very much wide awake when she came to the academy. Yeah. So I'm asking myself, where the fuck did she go? Like, that's a that's yeah, because, a that's a loophole after, right there. Because after Susie leaves the academy and is driving around in the cab and sees Pat running, like, yeah. we cut over to Pat being at that girl's apartment and she's like freaking out because of what she saw, and then she gets killed. Man. In the most brutal of ways, too. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I love that. The, the killing scene within that is an art of his own. Yeah. And I, and I love Again, that. Again, it's, it's got practical effects. It's, it's very effective. I think that's it's, what's great about Italian films is, is the art of it. Yeah. With any type of genre film in, in Italian is and, the, the art. And it's mysterious, too. Yeah. In a way where... Like, with Pat's death, you don't see the killer. You see the hand, and you see that she's being murdered, mm-hmm. but you don't see the actual person killing her. Yeah. The same way with, uh, what's her face? Sarah. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she's being chased. You don't know by who. Yeah. And then after she gets caught in the wire... That was fucked. And her neck gets slashed, mm-hmm. and you don't know who did it. Yeah. I, I always still wonder who did it. I mean, if it's if it's not like one I think of it's the Pablo, I feel like Pablo Pablo, Pablo kind of helped Pablos. that Pablo is that lurch looking fuck, yeah. Who is played by? You rag. <laughs> you rag. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like there's always that helper that looks like six feet six feet tall and white as a ghost. That's. It's always their helper. I mean, if it's not him, it had to be one of the other witches. But, but then looked, again, I can't even like see. He like goddamn lurch. <laughs> Giuseppe Transoci... I can't pronounce Let me his help name. I'm you, sorry. My God. Yeah, Giuseppe Transoci. Which, uh, let's see where he's from. Because he looks familiar. 
If he did play Lurch, then he's the same guy who's also in Doctor Sleep. Well, he was in Werewolf and Girls Dormitory. I've seen that film before. That's an old-ass film. That's 1963, people. Mm-hmm. That was way before any of us were born. Um, yeah, that's, but, the, I, but I digress. He's, he's <laughs> in those two movies and in a few others, but that's really it. So, anyway. uh, next thing you said in your, in your thing here. In that, my notes. In your notes, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, the film was shockingly, uh, shot over four months, which, yeah. that is pretty interesting. And you know what, this f- movie is pretty short. You which know, I also I can... had to kind of wonder too, because it's not in my notes, but in the IMDb, uh, trivia notes, it said the girl who played Pat Hingle. Uh, she had to stay on set for over a week to get her scenes right. Really? Which is strange. Was she that shitty of an actor? Well, it's strange because she's only in like... A few, like not that many scenes. Yeah. Yeah, so, man. They I might... mean, there's the scenes of her like in the doorway yelling something and then obviously those same scenes get replayed no. with dubbed English over it. So, and then And then yeah. her death scene in the beginning, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's just weird. It is weird. But, also, what is weird, too, when I first heard about this movie a long time ago, I didn't even know that it was it had sequels. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was part of a film trilogy, but it is. It's called The Three Mothers, and it's sequels. I do remember Inferno. I've watched Infer- Inferno. It's a good film. And uh, the other one I haven't seen yet is The Mother of Tears. Yes. Which, I would like to watch those. I mean, mm-hmm. I want to watch Inf- Inferno again. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I would love to... Rewatch it and just see my opinion on it. Mm-hmm. And Mother of Tears, I'm kind of skeptical about it, but if I see the trailer and see what I think of it, and if mm-hmm. I can find it anywhere, because it probably seems impossible to find it, yeah, I'll watch it. You know, I'll see what I think of it just to get the whole um, perspective on the whole trilogy, yeah, and what it's about. So, and also, what is it? Sorry, um, in my notes. In your notes. The oh, we already talked about the brutal death scene in the beginning. The effects are good and detailed, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, it got a kind of confusing when she quickly went from the bathroom to the roof to uh, the stained glass window, which I actually was kind of confused yeah. about too. Like, how the fuck thing, did she get dragged you watch, out? There? If you watch that scene as a whole, and I mm-hmm. get that there's like a lot of like jump cuts, like flash, and stuff, flash yeah. shots of like close-ups and. You know, cutting back and forth from Pat to her friend, Pat to her friend, and somehow, okay, so she somehow goes from being, like, pushed up against the window in the bathroom to being on the roof, which we don't know how... That was too quick. That was too quick of a jump cut to, like, miss all that detail, and Mm -hmm. then she's being attacked and stabbed on the roof, and then she falls, like, onto the stained glass window, where she is continued to be brutally stabbed in the chest... And then hang, like, she comes smashing through the window, hung from a noose. Like, whoa. How did we go from there to there, like, within three minutes? And also, um, another thing, too, which I kind of laugh about this. What is up with the locker scene? Okay, so if you you don't know what I'm talking about, it's when Susie first, like, or not shows up, but the next day when she goes back to the academy and she's given the tour mm-hmm. and before her first like dance session she goes into the locker room and she meets Sarah and Olga all those and girls, I don't get yeah. what the dynamic is I don't get what all that is about 
Because Olga, she was the one that was calling Jessica Harper a snake, right? Well, she was calling Susie, Susie and Sarah snakes. Yeah, like... Um, women like women whose names who start with an S are often referred to as snakes because of this. Yeah. And then her and Sarah are going back and forth with <laughs> their weird bickering. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah. I looked at that and I was like, you know what? Just get a room, you two. Like, literally, this is not called for. It's just so fucking weird. But that was the whole point of it, especially in those films back in the day. The dialogue is always fucking weird. It is. And, and, and yeah. even when you when you go throughout the rest of the movie listening to the dialogue between Susie and all these other girls, it's just strange. Actually, like her yeah. her quick bond with Sarah over like the what happened to Pat and everything and yeah, it's just very bizarre. My yeah. my scene that I was kind of like, what the fuck, is where um, the little boy and that big fat maid are sitting okay. in the hallway. We can call her something besides big fat maid. Just this. All right, the okay, maid. This, Let's call her the this, maid. Yes, this unknown woman. Overweight who, maid. All right, fine. We're not going to call her overweight. That's just mean. Because we don't have a character name for her. I'm, I'm just going to call her, like, the unnamed maid. Cause the unmade. Uh, we the we unnamed see maid. her a few times throughout the movie, and yes. when we first see her, she does something to Susie that makes her That's incapacitated. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, when she blinds her. She hits her with this light beam that suddenly just renders her completely weak it, from being able to dance and everything. And it fucked her whole day up. Like, yeah. she's literally like, I can't do this shit. And they try to make her keep going. They're trying to get her to keep going. And she collapses mm-hmm. in the middle of the floor. And then they're like, all right, we're done. All right, let's bring her back to bed or something. Yeah. And the and the, and the and it, lady. It esen- yeah. essentially forces her to stay there, mm-hmm. which I guess was the goal overall. Yeah, because she originally did not want to stay there. She was a she was going to do it at first, but then she stayed with well, her friend Olga. At first, they didn't have a room ready. Yeah. Then they, they said, you know, you can stay with Olga, but you'll have to pay like $50 a week, mm-hmm. which will come out of your pocket, essentially. Then they're, the next day, they were like, oh, a room has opened up. It's like, yeah, because fucking Pat died. Yeah, that's fucking weird. Now she gets Pat's room. Mm-hmm. So now... She's, she's decided, okay, well, I'm going to stay with Olga anyway. I don't really need the room. Yeah, but when, they're not when about she, that. When she got sick and she was forced to stay there, I guess supposedly Olga, like, kicked her out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, but that's a lie. Because they set know. the whole thing up. Those witches did? Yeah. Yeah, and then we see the nameless maid again with the little boy who's M- Madame Blanc's nephew yeah. again. Herbert. O- outside... With, what's his name? Daniel, the blind pianist? Yeah. Dog? Yeah. yeah. Which, I'm sorry, I'm not about that. I don't like that at all. I don't like that A. You don't they, like any harm going to dogs. I really don't. Okay, so don't. like, I don't like the fact that they accuse this service animal who is trained not to be aggressive to people to spin this story like, you're a dog, but the madam's bull. And I'm like, no, he didn't. I'm like, they clearly walked up to the dog and off screen did something to him. I don't know what, but they did something. So he leaves. And then later that day, in the most after the most weirdest dance concert hall we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Remember? I told you, it's the scene that reminds me of oh, those, the song from the producers. Yeah, those Swedish dancers or something. They're no, like, they're these German dancers. Oh. And they're, well, they got those they're like... they got Swedish outfits on. No, so. they've got like... I don't know what they're called, but they're like the little like 
overalls with yeah, the shorts. The buckles. They're like the overall yeah. the buckles and then they're like the little shorts and the boots to go with it. Clogs. Yeah, yeah. they're clogging. Yeah, they're totally clogging. They were clogging the shit out of that place. Yeah, they were doing like the Hugenton clop clop. They were like, like open this pit up, clog. <laughs> so <laughs> Daniel leaves with his dog and he goes to this like remote area. I don't want to call it remote because there's a couple like buildings there that, that yeah. look a little bit well, historical. Well, the, bi- the bigger buildings, those be- the beautiful setting in yeah. Rome. But then like... Very beautiful. Again, unseen forces drive his dog to just turn around and attack him. Yeah, he got possessed. I'm not about that. Yeah. I don't like that. I'm I, like, first of all, no. That's not okay with it's, me. <laughs> oh my god. Honey, give it a rest. So yes... But I I love the ending to it where she kills kills the the head witch and then Helena Marcus Helena Marcus yeah Hel- Helena Marcus whatever she's called and then the whole place after she gets killed is falling apart collapsed mm-hmm. burning in flames and she goes out and she comes out of that place and she has this smile on her face like this smile of relief and freedom because the whole place was just toxic to her. And that's just, I feel like that's everyone's face when they get out of a bad situation and they don't want to be part of that toxic environment. So, yeah, it was a nice ending. And you see the flames going up in this in the in the uh, school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Honey? Yes? What are you doing? Nothing. Yeah, that's what I thought. Anyway, did you hear anything I said? No, but they did. What a dick. <laughs> anyway... In in conclusion, this movie to me will always be my one of my favorite top horror films. Mm-hmm. And I have a few favorite horror films, but this one is definitely if I talk about um, Italian horror or any type of you know foreign horror, this Suspiria will always be the best to me. In my opinion, it's got a lot of good concepts to it. It's got a lot of good practical effects and lighting but- and. Soundtrack and musical scores. It's not my personal favorite. Yeah. It, it's just the, the type of movie that it is. It's not really my forte. Yeah. I don't. It's not your cup of apple juice, so yeah. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Compared to the other stuff that I watch and I like, mm-hmm. it's no trick or treat. Exactly. Or it's no it. Mm-hmm. You know it's, what I mean? It's none of the movies that you've watched. Yeah. It's not my cup of tea. It's not my personal favorite. I'm sorry. But you but still have to give it a little respect for being I, what it was. I watched it. I gave it a try. That's all I can say. Yes, exactly. And, Moving on. And for that, we finish the original Suspiria movie and Suspiria movie, and we're going to now go into the remake. I'm going to let you do most of the talking because I'm... So this film came mm-hmm. out in 2018, directed by Luca Guadagino. Very Italian name. <laughs> Sorry if we butcher it, but we're not that I am not literate. that Italian, so we're, yes. We're I'm, not literate. <laughs> yeah, plus I'm more Irish-Canadian, so yes. So I probably butchered the name, so I'm sorry to our Italian listeners. It was released November 2nd, 2018. The running time of it is dra- very terribly... Two hours and 33 minutes. Way too long for a fucking film. This is not mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, okay? This is bullshit. <laughs> so, they gave this rating a 6.8 out of 10 for the IMDb, 64% for the Metacritic, and um, 75% of uh, Google users liked it, which 
That's kind of bullshit. And um, this movie had a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, which it was starred... It had a few big names in this one. It starred Dakota Johnson, who was in the um, um, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Who has the personality of a fucking cactus. Like, if she, was, if she was sisters with Kristen Stewart, you know. And also starred in this, she was, I actually like this actress, Tilda Swinton, who was in uh, Doctor Strange, and she was also uh, the Ancient One, and she was also in um, Chronicles of Narnia. She, like the Chronicles of Narnia, she had the personality of a fucking icicle. Well, that was the whole point. She's a very cold person. And I feel like in this movie, she definitely showed that for sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have Mia Groth, uh, Mia Goff, which... Where is she from? She sounds her name sounds familiar. Let me look that up. You keep reading. Okay, and then we have the a great actress Chloe Grace Mortez. Is it Mortez? Moretz. 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 I'm she's trying, in a lot of things. I'm trying to write. I'm trying to figure out your writing here. Um, yeah, no, she's in a lot of things. She's in uh, uh, Let Me In. She was in mm-hmm. um, um, Dark Shadows. She was in Carrie. She was in. She. We've talked about her before. She's, she's in Kick Ass One and Two, which yes. are both really good action movies. And she's still. She's still young too. <laughs> like, um, what is she in her early twenties now? I she's got to be about. She's definitely I'm, younger than us. I'm gonna be 28 in Valentine's Day. She's got to be about 22, 23, Cause maybe. She, yeah, because she started doing films when she was like not even a teenager. But going back to Mia Goth, so yeah, she but, was in A Cure for Wellness. The Secret of Marrowbone, High Life, The Survivalist. Where do you have a picture of what she looks like? Nymphomaniac, Everest, The Devil All the Time. Oh, that was the movie that came out on Netflix. Yeah, right? the recently with um, um, who was it? Uh, Tom Holland's in it. That's what she looks like. Oh, that's her in the film. Okay, because yeah, she played her, Sarah. Yeah, her scene was messed up in the end. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, where she, yeah. I, Two things I want to say about the remake before I let you get into it, because I'm just going to point out some of the obvious differences between the original. No, but like this one, definitely it heavily focuses more on dancing than the original ever did. There's more dance scenes to it. There's more uh, dancing that's involved in it. It focuses heavily about the uh, social and political stances of the times, which was 1977 in Berlin, Germany. Um, it's got a lot going on more than the original ever did. <clears throat> and it probably has more kill scenes in this one than it did in the original. Yeah. However, all that being said, its pacing was way too fucking slow. It got so confusing and slow half the time that I was, like, losing interest and not paying attention. And when you don't pay attention to movies like this, you miss little bits of detail that come up again later on in the movie that you get even more confused about if you're not paying attention. So that is my bad on my part, but I'm sorry. This movie bored me to tears. Yeah, this was a very big sleeper movie. I am going to shut up. Now, so you take over. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let me just figure out here what to talk about because this movie was just a fucking train wreck, especially in the beginning mm-hmm. of it. It was a big sleeper for what, like the last hour and a half? The first hour and a half of it well, was not even 
anything going on. I mean, sure, there was one kill, they but... Added an, they added an extra hour to this movie, which I honestly didn't think they really needed to. They yeah, added mm-hmm. way too many characters in that to follow. And, again, the pacing was just so slow. We didn't really need Susie's backstory coming from an Amish community in Ohio. It, it really... It almost felt unnecessary to me to kind of have that flashback going back and forth from the beginning to, like, towards the end. Exactly. Made no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, nah, but... Again, it had more death scenes in it than the original. Like, obviously, we get... Um, we get Susie's... Well, no, Susie doesn't die. We get Sarah's death scene, which is very gruesome. Mm-hmm. Olga's death scene, which is brutal. Oh, I gotta yeah. say, that was probably the most fascinating scene. The in, one where she's like... Uh, her body's yes. torn all so, over the place? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So was... if you if you haven't watched it, I mean... Go watch it if you want to. I mean... Watch it if you want to, but there's this scene that we're going to be talking about, so... There's a scene where Olga, and there is an Olga character in the original, but she doesn't. She's not. Her character's not as prominent as this one. Yeah. So Olga, like Pat, starts to become aware that weird stuff is going on in the academy. She interrupts the rehearsal to call out all the matrons, all the teachers of the school, calling them witches, yeah. and then tries to leave. Somehow she gets locked in another dance room with all these mirrors. And somehow through Susie... Because well, she heard a voice, that's why. Well, somehow through Susie, she her body gets all, like, thrown around and mangled and... Yeah, like... Contorted. <laughs> yeah, it was It's all very over brutal. Yeah. I feel, like, I feel bad for her. And it gets to the point where she's, like, you know... And, and another weird thing, too, is, like, even though these things happen to these girls, they don't die from it. Their lives are prolonged in this endless suffering. It's just so bleak. I feel like they're and keeping them for something. They're saving them. For that ritual at the end. Yeah, remember? which is, yeah, which is crazy. Which, um, all right, let me say this before we get into that. Okay. I will say um, two years ago when I first heard that they were actually coming out with this movie, I was super excited because I was always... A huge fan of the original Suspiria movies, well, so I just wanted to see what they were going to do with this. We're in 2021 now, so we're kind of a bit well, not, not two years. behind. Well, two and a half years. Yeah. But there was something about that remake on the IMDb notes that I wanted to read. But you go ahead. I'll, I'll bring it up when I find it. Okay. So, but when I heard about it, I was super excited, and I've been wanting to see it, and I never got a chance to. So I've waited, like, what? Like two, a year and a half, almost two year, uh, two two and a half, mm-hmm. almost three to watch it, and then when I finally did, I was very disappointed. I was with the beginning and the middle, but I will say the ending for me. That's when they they sped it up, and that's when it got to be really good. Okay, I found it. So in two thousand eight, a remake was announced with David Gordon Green as director. However, in twenty fourteen. Green dropped out due to budget concerns and legal issues. In September 2015, filmmaker Luca Guadagino Guadagino was announced as the new director with Tilda Swinton and Dakota Johnson added to the cast. Mm-hmm. Although Luca stated in press conferences that his version was a personal interpretation of the original and not a, quote, remake saying, quote, it's impossible to remake Argento's film, end quote, which 
is true. That's, I think, one of the biggest issues, too, I had with this movie. The pacing was so slow. And to try to top Argento's already obscure image of that movie, you you have to be on a completely different level. It's like if you were, like, if Argento were to try to top his own images and, you know, films, mm-hmm. would be a, a bizarre freaking movie. Yeah. It'd be like Mandy on LSD type of weirdness. I actually still want to watch that, so yeah. Yeah. But it's like that, you have to go that far gone into your own mind to pull something like that up and i feel like with this remake they not only try too hard to be that obscure or even more obscure than the original Mm -hmm. but it lost itself in its storytelling like i said it's such a slow paced movie and there's too much going on already that you lose focus of other things that are going on you Mm -hmm. know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you're not only caught up in like what's going on with Susie and Madame Blanc, you're caught up in what's happening with the Doctor Klemperer, I believe his name is. Yeah. You're caught up in Sarah and what she's what's going on with her. You're caught up in all these weird flashbacks between mm-hmm. Susie and the matrons and the witches and their meetings. You're caught up in all this stuff that's going on. And like I said, everything that's going on with the the current timeline mm-hmm. cuz like i said they they incorporated things that were really going on during the 1977 in berlin and they tie it into the movie which already had our, so much stuff going on and then you throw that into the mix and it's like well how is that relative to this and then exactly. it's like they throw in these news clippings that have absolutely nothing to do with the storyline and it's just too much and then, on top of all of that, you have a cameo appearance of Jessica Harper, who has yeah. a very minor role. I was going to say, she made a, she made a nice return, a return into this movie as but a cameo. Very minor role that yeah. had almost no part. The poor woman who she played, she plays the long, late wife of Dr. Joseph Klemperer, who yeah. is Patricia's doctor in the beginning. After she disappears, he starts to kind of investigate a little bit more into what's going on at the academy. And when they catch on to him because they know that Patricia had said something to him, they use the the figment image of his late wife to lure him to back to the academy, mm-hmm. kidnap him, and then try to use him in this ritualistic sacrifice to... Which I do like the ending of the movie. I thought it That's was pretty where, cool. I feel like... The moment of that dance recital of Volk that they performed, mm-hmm. where Sarah sees those apparitions of Patricia and Olga, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like, uh, what 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 do they do to her exactly? They incapacitate her and they hypnotize her mm-hmm. and they put her into the dance rehearsal. And that's when all hell breaks loose. Yeah, and, and her life got fucked again. Yeah, not once but twice, mm-hmm. and then. That's where things really start to get interesting. And that's like within the last 45 minutes of the movie. And that's what I loved about it. I mean, the last 45 minutes was actually a, a lot more improvement than the first, what, hour and a half or two hours? Yeah. Yeah, because 
it was just a sleeper of a movie. It was too, it's something that you would watch on a rainy day or a quiet night, and it's just like one of those sleeper movies. Yeah. But, and then another thing for me, and I mentioned this to Colin earlier, and it's nothing, nothing on my, it's, okay. So my eyes sight is not what it used to be. That's why we need to get you a doctor. I know, I need to go to an eye doctor. And sometimes, like when I watch even movies or television, I do put on closed captions to help me better understand what is going on between the characters and the and the story plot. Mm-hmm. However, when they switch back and forth in dialogue from English to French and You're German. You're so mad. I have to like, physically be sitting right in front of the screen to read the captions. Yeah. And it is so fucking frustrating. It, it's nothing like, it's not me being mean. It's just me having bad vision and like, again, having a harder time following what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, yeah. It's all right, though. It's okay. I, yeah. I got to do better, though. You will do better. It's like the same with me. I got to do better in certain things, too, mm-hmm. you know? But you're going to do better by getting your glasses for contacts, whatever you I'm choose I'm not getting do. contacts. I don't like sticking things in my eyes. No? I'm okay with I glasses. I love it. Ah, it's so much fun. Um, I'm okay with glasses. Yeah? Actually, I've seen you in glasses. You look cute. I've worn your glasses a few times, which I... But I feel like now is probably the reason why I have such bad eyesight. No, no. You can't blame me for everything. Well, no, because... No. <laughs> Technically, if you have already good eyesight and you wear pers- someone else's prescription glasses, it's going to fuck up the strain. Yeah, in but your... it's not like you wore it every day. And besides, you were having problems with that anyway. You know? So... I know, but it's not like if I try wearing your glasses again, it's going to help me. It's going to, if anything... Yeah, make let's my... make it worse by putting these on. Yeah. Yes. But even still, even right now, like if I try to watch something with subtitles and I try to read it... <laughs> That extra strain in my eyes is going to make my eyesight even worse. So I really need to go to an so, eye doctor. So judging by the eye doctor and the eyesight and what we're talking about, I guess we're finished with the remake because this movie, ending was good. Fucking horrible remake. But I will say this, rem- a- this remake was better than the Black Christmas remake. I, I feel. So. I feel like this was one of the worst remakes I've ever watched. And... I know, like, a, a few weeks ago, we talked about the Child's Play remake, which also was not one of my favorite remakes. Yeah, well, my... But yeah. this one just lost me completely, well, and yeah. I couldn't couldn't follow it, couldn't keep up, couldn't concentrate. I think that was there the problem, were... too. We were getting confused and getting lost yeah. into it. Yeah. So, yeah. But I will say, you know, I've told you my, my least favorite remakes, well, practically all of them, but I will say... Nightmare on Elm Street I never liked, and Clash of the Titans I never liked. The remakes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the originals are much better. But, yeah, the remakes... But when but when watching this, I prefer watching this movie than the horrifying mm. um, movie that is Black Christmas of how terrible it was. Yeah, Black Christmas was weird. Yeah, I mean, and you know what's funny? You were, you were like me. When I, got, when I got pissed off over Black Christmas, you kind of acted the way that I did when you were watching this movie. And, like... Well, I was already in a weird funk. Yeah, already. so, I mean, that's then, what happens. And then I nearly broke my favorite Halloween mug earlier, and that just set off a huge fucking meltdown of the day. Yeah. I really didn't want to have, and I, I'm, I apologize to Colin for taking it out on him, but I was just not having it today. I feel better now, though. I it's will okay. say that. Yeah. I feel better now. So. Well, I feel better that you apologize. So. That is... 
that is the end of my little rant about this movie. And so. this is my end of the rant of this little movie too as well. I I will say if we had to pick choose between the remake or the original, I choose the original over this fucking remake any day of the week. Yes. So we agree on that. So this has been our remake <laughs> debate. And before we go, Aaliyah would like to say her little her little things. If you want to follow us on social media, we are on Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. and Twitter, all under the name Abby Normal Podcast. Yeah. If you'd like to make a contribution to our show, you can go to Patreon or the Anchor page. Yep. And give, give us some dollars. You know. Yep. Go to the listener support, and you know. Drop a dollar or two, whatever you can spare. It's yep, so I can get myself a nice bottle of Admiral Nelson. <laughs> no, you can do that on your own I'm time. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But no, but if you guys could do that, I really appreciate that. I like me a nice bottle. But yeah, no, so but the point is... I'm going to yes. go now and I'm going to snuggle with my puppy. And I am going to go snuggle with myself. <laughs> uh, but no, but I'm going to snuggle with the family as well. And y'all have a wonderful night. This has been the Abbey Normal Podcast. I am your host, Colin Bourne. And I'm Aaliyah. Signing off, saying have a good night, and don't watch the... Well, if you want to watch it, watch it.